Bokar Tov, we are back with Tehillim. We are doing Mizmor Ayn Gimel, uh, 73. Fascinating Mizmor today that discusses the way God runs the world and how the wicked seem to prosper despite their evil. The Mizmor is a, is a Mizmor in which the author is, is questioning and is searching for an, an understanding. By the end of the Mizmor, the author may come to some kind of an understanding, but of course, as Radak explains in his Perush, the content of the Mizmor is one of the basic questions of Jewish philosophy. As Radak points out, it's a question that's found in the story of Iov and in many other books in the Tanakh. So we shouldn't expect to have a complete answer. That said, the Mizmor begins, Pasuk Aleph. Mizmor le'asaf ach tov l'Israel, Elohim levare levav. A psalm by Asaf, one of the main authors of Psalms of Tehillim, main, I don't know, Levis in the, in the, who were doing these Psalms. Compiler. Compiler, whatever it is. Achtov Israel Elohim levare levav. God is good to Israel. Elohim is good to those who have a pure heart. I'm going to be opening up the translation because it's actually one of the harder mismorim in terms of translating. But I'll be translating with an eye towards making it understandable as opposed to being very literal with the text. God is good to Israel. God is good to those who have a clear and a pure heart. Vani kimat natayu raglai ke'ain shupechu ashurai. But as for me, my feet almost swerved, almost got, almost stumbled. They almost, my, my, my steps almost spilled out. Meaning, I know God is good, but for me, I faced potential, uh, the, the potential of falling. Plus, and in so doing, in, in my struggles to stand upright, for I became I was jealous of the revelers and I saw the well-being of the wicked. So he almost stumbles and you could understand this either as I stumbled while they seem to be standing tall and straight or or you could understand it as saying that I almost stumbled in my understanding because I looked at all of these wicked people having success and good and I almost stumbled in that I almost thought maybe that's the proper way. Okay? However way you interpret it, he sees all these rishayim and the, the well-being of the wicked. There are no chains in their death. Their death isn't a difficult one. It's not like their, their death is filled with suffering. Rather, they're healthy. They're healthy. And they, even when they die, they die with health. Okay, so that kind of um, kind of pulls out the rug out of the, off the from the argument of they're having it good now, but before they die, they will be punished. Because he says there's no chains in their death; they're they're healthy even well, to the wrong. end. Perhaps even they're healthy. Right, exactly. Okay. They don't partake in the toil of humanity. And they don't, they're not afflicted by the plagues of men. They seem to just have it good. All the things that the rest of us mere mortals have to deal with, they just don't. 
They carry pride as a necklace, like an anaka. Is, is their pride, their ga'ava, their glory is their necklace. And lawlessness, they wear like clothing. Shit chamas lamo, they place chamas on themselves. Ya'atof, shit chamas lamo, they place lawlessness around themselves like clothing. And at the same time, their eyes bulge from fatness, from enjoying the pleasures of this world. Their eyes are bulging. The, the whatever they will in their heart, like sechvi, is like what I uh, think, right? So whatever they will in their heart comes to pass. That's one perush. Another perush is their chambers of their heart overflow with luxuries. They are foul and they speak evil and wickedness and uh, they speak of, of theft from their high place, mimarom, from their high place of, of kavod, of honor and of their ga'ava where they sit, you know, of their high positions. They sit, they speak about evil and treachery. It's a lot of very strong imagery. Yeah, there's a lot of strong imagery. Very difficult Hebrew, but strong imagery. We get the point. The point is he's complaining about the success of the evil. Yeah. Right, but he says it in so many flowery ways. They set their mouth against the heavens, maybe because they think that they are already in the heavens. Maybe that they think that they are competition with what's up high. So they speak out against the heavens. Their tongue parades across the land. So it's like the imagery is they, they reach out, they, they reach for the heights of the heavens in terms of their success. And at the same time, for those mere mortals on the ground, they're, with the words of their mouth, it, it parades across the land. And they have power over the, the lower people. Very difficult pasuk, seems to be out of place, but translates as. Therefore, his people are in retreat with only the remnants of water left over. What that means, one of the Perushim is saying that, that this is what happens when they come to power and that the people all go in retreat and everybody gets, gets a little bit of water while they have all of it. And they have all of the wealth and they have all of the success. Again, a very difficult pasuk right there. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Amiru and then they start questioning and they say now that we've reached the heights of human success and they perceive themselves to be like gods they say does God really know is there really knowledge up high you know their success is a testament to the fact that maybe there isn't because they first of all in their ga'ava they perceive themselves as like gods so they start questioning God himself and at the same time, they see their success performing all of this evil and they say, maybe God just doesn't care for what's going on down here because we're succeeding and we're going against His word that appears in the Torah. Behold, they are wicked, but through ease, they attain all of the worldly wealth. This is the, the author complaining again about them. And now he says about himself, and maybe it is in vain that I purified my own heart. And I purified my hands and I washed my hands with purity. 
For in response, in return for being for all my purity, what do I get? I'm stricken all day, and I'm chastised every morning. I'm chastised, so I only get negative things happen happening to me. So maybe it is in vain that I'm being so good. Maybe I should be like them. Had I said, I will say this, had I said, I will speak what I'm thinking, these words, I would have caused all of your children to be betrayed. I would have betrayed all of your children. Meaning I will lead people astray with these thoughts, something like that. Difficult translation also. Uh, and when I try to understand this, it seemed like this is just unfair. This is futile. This isn't, uh, this isn't good. I couldn't understand it, basically, is what he's saying. I tried to understand this, and I realized it's futile. But now that the tone of the Mizmor is going to change. But then, but from the outside, I couldn't understand it. But then, but then I entered the temple of God And then I understood what would be their end Indeed, you set them on smooth paths But where do those smooth paths lead? You threw them down to destruction How they were completely brought to waste in a moment they were swept away they were annihilated through terror like a dream like a dream after awakening like how the dream happens so rapidly and it goes away so quickly you God in the city maybe the city of death you uh, despise their image you scorn their image which means until whenever I came into your mikdash I started to realize that there is actually some control in place and that these people that are set on a straight path it's for their ultimate destruction now we already said that they die healthy so it could mean that you won't necessarily find that evil is paid for within the generation but it, may, it will always be paid for in the long run their smooth path will always end in destruction. By the way, and that's eminently true. If you think philosophically, for some reason or in some way, Borei Olam kind of built the world around the idea that evil, can, is, evil is necessarily self-destructive. You know, like the person who, uh, for an, as an example, someone who is engaged in theft, someone who tries to make his money through theft, in the long run, they burn so many bridges and they hurt their reputation so much that it becomes harder and harder for them to keep up the ruse. You get it? So there's a certain element of, of self-destructiveness that's inherent in evil. Now, it may not be found in the life of an individual because that person may die healthy. But in the long run, that evil is not, is not self-sustaining at all. Okay? And he realizes this when he goes into the Mikdash. Maybe because... When we're on the outside looking in on the, on the religious experience, we seem to have all these questions that sometimes are only answered with real life experience. Which means 
we may not appreciate the importance of whatever ritual whenever we hear about the ritual. We may not, let's say, we may not appreciate the significance of the Shabbat if we just learn about it. But when we keep it, a more profound understanding of its significance starts to dawn on us. Right? So before the author of this Mizmor goes into the Mikdash, he has all these questions about the order of the world and how it's run. But then he goes into the Mikdash and things start to make a little bit of sense. Why? Because he's, he started to, to live the experience. And the lived experiences, are, they teach a lot more than, than something that's taught orally. When my heart is embittered and my mind, I'm filled with thoughts. I am a boor, unknowing. I am like a beast before you. I don't know, honestly, where these, what the, these psukim are saying. If you, you have any insight, let me know. Uh, meaning because he... he just finished saying all of a sudden their end comes very quickly the enemy's end comes very quickly so I guess I'm on board like, I guess I know nothing oh, oh meaning I, and once I see this I realize that I really don't know anything like I thought that they're successful but now I'm seeing no when I come a little bit closer to you I realize that they're not successful in the long run and that their end is always destruction so I just give up and I say I, I, I don't know anything I want to realize, I think, like, any of these similar teilim and, like, Sefer Eov, the less hashkafic, because they don't come to an answer at the end. I, it, right, they, just, they kind of represent the process of the thinking. It's more musar, it's just, it's not getting you to an answer, it's just getting, getting you to understand how to react to the lacking. There aren't books, they don't, they don't, the they don't finish by claiming an answer to these deep philosophical questions, they present the yearning of he who seeks to understand them. How to properly react to, to the right. po- to the lacking of the possibility of knowing, right? And then here it says he gets very upset in Pasukaf Aleph. He gets very upset because he thinks about how difficult it is for those who are good, because he doesn't comprehend their destiny. And then in Pasuk twenty two, he admits, "But I don't know anything. I I, re- I just don't understand it at all." When I'm like a beast before you, not on, in, in complete, no understanding. I am always with you. You grasp my right hand. Which is now going to say that despite all of my lack of understanding, I, I just accept that I'm going to be with you. My only hope is to rely For on you guidance. grasp my right hand. Exactly. You, I, I, I have no hope but to rely on your guidance. And he seems to admit that he has received that guidance. You guide me with your counsel and you lead me to honor. Whom else do I have in the heaven? With you? I don't seek anything on this world. When I have you, Hashem, I don't need anything else. My flesh and my heart may fail, kala, may fail, but sur Elohim le'olam, the rock of my heart and my portion is God forever. Behold, those who are distant from you, like rachok from you, yovedu will perish. And you destroy all who stray from you, but for me, being close to God is goodness. 
Shati Badonai Elohim Machsi. I put my trust and my refuge in God. To tell all of your works, God. So that I may tell all of your works. So he concludes with this confidence that those who are far from God will be destroyed and that being close to you is good. That's his conclusion. Now how he comes to that conclusion, we don't really know. Because it's the whole Mizmor is fraught with his lack of understanding. It seems like, but at the end he's left with nothing but his intuition. He can't come to a rational understanding of how it's good for him to be with God and why the evil have so much success. He doesn't come to a rational understanding, but he comes to an emotional understanding. He comes to this, this intuition that I know that the bad people get punished and it's better for me to be with you. And at the end of the day, you are my refuge and I will sing all of your works to the people. Right? That's how he concludes. So it's very fascinating. Beautiful, actually. It's beautiful. It's I have a... I have a similar to, to, it seems like, the Kuzari's principle, like we're not coming at a lot of these things at the end of the day from an intellectual process. So in most cases, we strive to do that for a better understanding. At the end of the day, it's primary, the fundamentals that it's primarily coming from experience. And from that, we sort of get this more like vivid, innate understanding that's, more, that's much stronger than any abstract speculation. Right. There isn't hard logic that, that brings us to our conclusions, but something more of like an intuition. Based on real experience. Based on, yeah. Based on experience. We, we, we don't know that God is guiding us through our life, but we, we do. There's something in us that we just know that he's there. Do we have technically, do you have proof? No. Technically, could you chalk everything that occurs in your individual life up to chance? Yeah, you could say that things worked out or didn't work out by chance. But you'd have this innate feeling, this emotional feeling that, no, God is actually there guiding, guiding my footsteps. Yeah, it reminds me of that pasuk. I think, I think the Mizmor, in its, all of its vagueness, I think that's what it conveys. Like this, la- this, ability, this inability to really know for sure, yet this desire to continue clinging because deep down we know that there's something there. Maybe it's part of our soul. It yeah. just knows that God is there. It reminds me of this pasuk in the Torah referring to the Jews being like lost mentally in Galut and says, Hashem says to them, but if you search for me with all your, but if you search for me, you will find me, but only if you do so with all your heart and with all your soul. Mm. Um, saying there must be a search both emotionally and intellectually and not just right. one or the other. What's the pasuk? It's a beautiful pasuk. It's a beautiful um, pasuk. I, I don't know the Hebrew on the top of my head. Say the English mind. again. If you search for me, you will find me. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Beautiful. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.